Glad to be at church today. Anybody glad to be in God's house? Yeah. I'm so glad to be in church and a big hello to everybody online too. I know I meet people pretty regularly who say, hey, I'm, you know, we've, we've been watching online for months and we finally decided to come to church. And I just want to say if you're on the other side of the camera watching online today, whether it's live or down the road, uh, if you're local to Wichita Falls, we just want to say, come on to church. It's just better in here. There's something different about it. We invite you, I want to personally invite you to join us at one of our services. So come on, church. Let's welcome everybody who's online today. We're glad you're with us. And I want to echo something that Jacob talked about in the news video. He talked about the, that we have underwear for those of you who are being baptized today. I just want to clarify that it is not used underwear. It is... <laughs> Brand new underwear, just, just in case that was a question, like, it's brand new, right out of the package, all right? So I'm so proud of those of you who are getting baptized today, and some of you may not have even planned to get baptized today, water baptized, but that is uh, perfectly fine. You don't have to sign up, just show up. We've got everything you need to take that next step, all right? I do want to give you a couple things that we're, that we're um, looking forward to over the next couple of weeks uh, and months. And so uh, just to jump right in before I get into the message, kind of tell you that uh, we are changing service times. And uh, today is a great illustration as of why. Come on, amen. Can I get an amen on that? We're going to move up our 8.30 to 8.15, keep the 10 a.m., 11.45, and then we're adding a service at 4.30 p.m. on Sunday afternoons. To God be the glory. Come on, let's just give God thanks for what he's doing here. We're just making room. We're making room, but that starts on the 29th, okay? So it doesn't start for a couple more weeks. Just mark your calendar for that so that you can be on time for the service that you choose there. And, and the 430 service, I think, is going to be a blessing. I've, I know many people have already told me we're planning on going to that one. So that's coming up. But also, small groups are, are kicking off on the 29th as well. And so if God's tugging at your heart about leading a group, and what I mean by tugging is you've had an idea, Maybe we should do this group, or I wish there was a group about this. That might be God the Holy, or the Holy Spirit saying, hey, maybe you should lead this group, all right? So um, you can go to cityhopefamily.com slash small groups. That'll, that'll take you to the information you need, you need to know. You heard some about it in the news video, but we're believing God for 120 small groups this coming launch season. So, so we're going we're gonna to need some leaders, all right? And, and you, don't have to have it, you don't have to have all the answers, and if you want to grow in your relationship with God, then small group leadership is one of the best ways to grow in your walk with God. Can I get an amen on that? Yeah. All right. The, the third thing um, that I want to tell you about that it's something that we love, we do it every year, it's a big event for us, is our City Hope Church Marriage Conference coming up in just about a month on the, on the 10th and 11th of February. It's a, it's a Friday night, Saturday. This is the third year that we've done this, and it is one of our favorite events, and and uh, I tell you, our marriages just grow. What I believe is if we have a healthy church or we have healthy marriages, then we'll have a healthy church. If we have healthy marriages, we have a healthy church. And I want to just speak life to you today that uh, you have a 100% chance of success in your marriage. 
when you do it God's way. When you do it God's way, you've got this, all right? So, so this is, is going to be a lot of fun. Go to cityhopefamily.com slash marriage. It'll take you to our registration page for that. It's one of the very few things we charge a registration fee for. And part of the reason we charge that is because it's very expensive to put on, and, uh, but that's not even really the real reason. The biggest reason is we want you to invest in your marriage. And so if we just invested in it, it wouldn't mean as much as if you invested in that. So it's $100 a couple, but if you say, hey, we can't do that, we can't afford that, we don't ever want money to be a reason why you couldn't do something here at, at church. So if that's the reason, it ain't a good enough reason not to come, all right? We're gonna, we, we, will, we will help you with that, all right? And then the last thing you've already heard mention of it is, 21 days of prayer and fasting kicks off today. It's starting right now, right now. And, and I know people, if you're, if you're new and you're wondering, like, why are you all excited about prayer and, and not eating? What's the deal with that? Why are you excited about that? It's because it's become part of who we are. Um, we have been doing prayer and fasting since before the church ever had a service. In fact, we moved here in June of 2018. And then in, in June or in August of 2018, we were having prayer meetings at our house for 21 days. It was three, anywhere, some, anywhere from three to five people, and me and Annalise were two of them. Come on, somebody. The other two people were people who moved from Alabama with us and were living with us at the time, so they kind of had to be there also. <laughs> so it was, it was just one of those things. We, we, we knew before we ever have a service, man, we want to be praying, we want to be fasting. And in January of 2019... We spent 21 days of prayer and fasting leading up to our first service, and there was about seven to 10 people who would, who would show up every weekday morning at 6 a.m. at Encounter Church over on Kemp. It's a wonderful church that we, they've been so good to us, and they helped us so much when we were starting. They let us use their building for free. We would come in there and pray, and, and, um, and it was it was it was pretty awesome to see. It was just seven to 10 people, but but then... In August of last year, we had nearly 200 people showing up every weekday morning at 6 a.m. to pray. And I just want to say that's not normal, everybody. That's, that's a move of God right there. And it's so important that we, we build our foundation on prayer and fasting. Here's why we're praying. We're doing this because God says in James, if we'll come close to him, he'll come close to us. And that's our word for the year this year is closer. We're getting closer to God, and if we'll come close to him, if we'll take steps to get close to God, he will come close to us, and I want that for my life, and I want that for your life this year too. So uh, Joel says it this way, that if even now, declares the Lord, return to me, in other words, come back to me, get close to me again, come back to me with all your heart and with fasting, push some things away, like decide you're going to do without some things. And repent, weep and fast and mourn. And if you'll do that, God says, I'll give you back what you lost. Right. Come on, don't you love Marissa's story that she just, yeah. she just told about how, how God gave her back something she thought she lost. I love that. I love how God works. And, and so I'm encouraging you to just jump in over these next 21 days and pray and fast with us. And if you don't know much about fasting, it is pushing things away to get close to God. So it might be food or it might be something else. Um, in, in fact, um, I've got a couple of different types of fast I want to show you. I showed this to our First Wednesday group the other night uh, on First Wednesday, but there's four different fasts. There's a complete fast. So if you're fasting, 
A complete fast is where you just do water or juice only for 21 days. And that might be something you need to consult a doctor about or you really need to talk to God about if you want to do that. Um, I did water only for 21 days a couple years ago, and it was life-changing, but I knew it was something God wanted me to do. Um, The next fast is what we call a selective fast. So that's where you give up meat. You say, hey, I'm going to give up meat for 21 days, or I'm uh, going to give up sweets or sugars, or hey, I'm giving up cauliflower and sauerkraut for 21 days, everybody. (laughs) Just giving it up. That wouldn't really be a fast. I mean, it's, yeah, and I'm not much for breakfast guy, so I'm just going to fast breakfast for the next 20. No, no, no that's, not, that's not how you do it. You want to give up something that's meaningful to you. So give, give up, a, a select something, or you can do what's called a partial fast, where you, where you maybe eat one meal a day, and, and maybe it's sun up to sundown that you fast. You only do liquids, and you have a, a meal at, at dinner time. however the Lord speaks to you. And then there's a soul fast, what we call like just getting some things out of our, our soul, like some technology, some social media, some, some stuff that really, it, it's not bad for you, but maybe it doesn't, maybe it's just getting in the way of your relationship with the Lord. Amen? So that's what, that's what it looks like. And I want to I just clarify that a fast is not a diet. I, I know that in our culture, in, in, in the health culture, of America and around the world especially, they begin to use the word fast, and it didn't start with health, okay? It started with the house of God. It started with, it started with, 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 with God. And so we're not doing a diet. A fast is not a diet. If a diet is, changes the way you look, but a fast changes the way you see. Yes. And that's what we want, isn't it? Yeah. We, we want to we see differently. We want to get close to God. So I want to invite you to be part of that. Over the next... 21 days, and I'm going to jump into the message today because we're, uh, I'm excited about this, excited. We're in, we're in part two of a series we're calling My Church, and My Church, the, the idea of this series is really based on the scripture from Matthew chapter 16. It's where Jesus says, I will build my church, and he didn't say he's going to build a church or the church or our church. He said, I'm going to build my church. And, and how many of you believe there are some distinctives about his church? There are some things that he, like he, he, he said the gates of hell wouldn't prevail against his church. So that means there must be some things that his church needs to look like in order for the gates of hell not to prevail against it. And so I want to talk about those, those things today. What, what are those things that the gates of hell can't prevail against? And, and I know that when we were uh, planting this church, when we were dreaming about this church, we were... We were asking God, Lord, would you just speak to us about what kind of church you want this to be? And, and uh, the great thing about starting a church is, and planting a church is that you get to start it from scratch. I mean, you get to build it from the ground up. The hard thing about starting a church is that you have to build it from the ground up. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's hard work. But one of the things I love about it is you do get to decide, how are we going to how are we going to be? What's our culture going to be like? What do we believe in? And, and, it's, and, and so we spent months praying, asking God, dreaming, Lord, what is this church that you've called us to plant? And this is, what we, this is what we believe, that City Hope is supposed to be a church where people have relationship with God instead of religion. Come on, they have, where living for God is no longer a dreaded duty. Oh, I got to go to church today. No, 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 no. 
It's supposed to be a heartfelt desire. It's supposed to be something we get to do this, everybody. This is a joy, not a drag. We enjoy coming to church, not endure church. Come on, that's the kind of church we've dreamed about, is a church that was exciting to go to where if you had to miss church, you actually missed church. Right. And, and for the past four years... We've heard that testimony over and over and over again. People will continually say, man, this place is a breath of fresh air. Man, I, I feel the presence of God. I've never been in an environment like this, and I've, I've, never, I've never felt this before, and I'm seeing church and Jesus and God in a different light, and, and we've heard that over and over and over again, and I think it's true. So, so today what I want to do is the, the topic of today is my church is passionate about God. We're passionate about God. I think that's a characteristic of his church. And so um, uh, what I want to do is, is, um, is just kind of lean into that today. Now, some people aren't passionate about God. In fact, Jesus said that there are some people who they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. I mean, they sing the songs, they, they read the Bible, but they're really not, they're, they're kind of like a practical atheist, what that means is someone who believes in God, but then lives like he doesn't exist. Their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Don't do this. Don't do that. You better do that or you're going to burn in hell. Right? It's just, all of these different rules. He says, this is not the way it's supposed to be. Christianity was never supposed to be this boring, routine ritual. I, I am 100% in agreement with that. And Romans says it this way. Paul says that we ought to never be lacking in zeal. In other words, it could be translated passion. It means boiling over. Never be lacking in, in, in this boiling over attitude of loving God, this spiritual fervor serving God. Don't lack in that. Keep the fire going. Keep the hot fire going. Christianity is supposed to be one of the most passionate things that we do it's not it's not something that we just we, we, we just kind of endure no we it's one of the most passionate things that we're part of and so um, my goal today is to kind of light a fire in us I'm going to go teacher preacher on you okay I'm just gonna I'm gonna get a little preachy today but it's because I want a lot of fire in us I don't want 2023 to be an, uh, another year that man I, I wish I was closer to God I wish I was on fire. I wish I had more passion. I wish I could do this for God. No, let's decide right now. This is the year we're getting closer to God, and we're going to be passionate about God this year. Imagine if you spent a year of your life getting closer and more passionate about God. What will he do with you? Amen? So, so that's my goal today. Now, I don't know if you know it, but Jesus was passionate. Now, the movies kind of portray him as this kind of malnourished face kind of long and sunk in and he's they, they portray him as this kind of kind of like a pushover a little bit he talks like this <laughs> my dear brothers and sisters Thomas I saw you slow dancing a little too close with your girlfriend the other night it's like what <laughs> he's always pointing out our failures and he always he always looks like he's about to throw a curveball right he always has that. That wasn't Jesus. I don't think that was Jesus. See, Jesus was passionate. People loved to be around Jesus. People don't want to be around this guy. 
but they want to be around Jesus. He is, he is so fun to be around. In fact, kids loved to be around Jesus. There was one scripture where the disciples were saying, y'all need to get up off Jesus. Y'all need to go somewhere. Y'all need to mind your own business. And, 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 and Jesus said, no, 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 no. You leave the kids alone. The kingdom is for these kids, right? And so I love that about, about Jesus. He's passionate. And there was one point in scripture where, where the, the religious people, the people who, they, they were religious leaders, they had turned church into something that it was never meant to be. And Jesus shows up at the temple one day and he gets passionate. Oh, we'll pick it up in John chapter two. It says that in the temple area, he saw some merchants selling cattle. He walks into the temple. He walks into church and they're in there selling cattle and sheep and doves and sacrifices. And he, there, there are dealers exchanging money in the temple, in the church house. And Jesus goes, this isn't good. Oh me, what are we going to do? No, he doesn't do that. The Bible says he made a whip he found some rope, made a whip, and he starts driving out. He chases out all of the, the cattle and the sheep. He, he, he drove out the sheep and the cattle. The, he scattered the, the, the changers' money, coin, their coins on the floor. He like just turned over some tables on the floor. He turned over their tables. And, and then going over to the people who were selling doves, he told them, get these things out of here. <laughs> I don't think so. I, what are you doing? What are, you, what are you doing, selling this in the, in the temple of God? What, are you, what has gotten into you? I think he had a little bit of passion. And he said, my, what, are you, what are you doing turning my father's house into a marketplace? Amen. He was passionate. There was something that he, he wasn't happy about it. And he says, he's, then his disciples remembered the prophecy. They're over there watching. They're like, dude, did you see him? His crazy eyes, man. He was going crazy. And they remembered that the scripture said about the Messiah, passion for your house will consume me. Passion for God's house. They remembered, oh, this is what that meant. That he, was, he was passionate for God. And so today, I just want to challenge us. Let's, let's be a church that never loses our passion. Let's be a church that stays on fire. We keep that, that, that fire lit in our lives. Let's do that. And so today I want to share with you four thoughts, um, four things that we ought to be passionate about, okay? And every one of these are linked to zeal in the Bible. So, uh, so we could say it this way, that these are four things that, that the gates of hell can't prevail against. It's the kind of church that God wants to build. His church is, is built on these four things. And number one, if you're taking notes, jot this down, um, Gates of hell can't prevail against a church that has a passion for prayer. A, a passion for prayer. And, and I know that in our modern culture, there's, um, there's a lot of different churches and denominations. So I'm not poking fun or picking at any of those. Because I, I know that there, there's a lot of different ways that people choose to worship. And, and I have some thoughts on that that, that I want to share. But, but if you'll go with me for just a second. I mean, I, I know it looks differently is what I'm trying to say. But there are some things we do that just don't make any sense when it comes to prayer. Like, I have an unspoken prayer request. What? So you raised your hand to tell us that you don't want to tell us what your 
prayer request is? Un it's unspoken, brother. And I would just lovingly say that's probably your problem, that you need to speak it. You actually need to speak your prayer need. What is it that you need? That's why we do prayer cards. Every one of you, when you, got, when you walked in today, you received a worship guide that has a connection card that has prayer, a prayer portion on there that we want to pray for. But listen, we don't, we don't need you to give that to us. You need to give that to us. Like, it's not for us. It's for you. It's so that you can tell somebody, this is what I'm going through. This is how you can be praying for me instead of unspoken. Oh, no, no, you need to spoke that thing. You need yes. to just spoke it right on out. Yes. Speak it. Speak it. Let, let somebody know what it is that you're going with. So, so a lot of our churches that we've grown up in, we, we pray quietly. We fold our hands, bow our heads, close our eyes, pray quietly. It's, it's just kind of, it's, it's easy, and, and, and we kneel, and there's nothing wrong with that. But listen, it's also not all that the Bible describes. Okay, the Bible actually is, is very descriptive. In the book of Acts, it says when they prayed, the building was shaken. Come on, when they lifted their voices, it was loud and it was deafening and the place that they were was shaken, everybody. Yes. So I went to Israel this year, last year, in, in May of 2022, and, and I got to experience a night at, at the prayer wall. Okay, so if you've know anything about uh, Jerusalem, there's uh, a wall there that's called the prayer wall or the wailing wall or the western wall. And it's where all of the Jewish brothers go and they pray. And, and on the night of Shabbat, so Shabbat just means Sabbath. That's what that, that is for them. Is, uh, Sabbath is Shabbat for them. That's what the, how they call it. And on, on the evening, Friday evening at sundown is Shabbat. And they gather before Shabbat and they pray and they seek God. And, and uh, they're not messianic. That just means they're not, they don't believe Jesus is the Messiah, right? But I think we could learn something from their prayers, because it lit a fire in me. It was, the most, it was the most incredible thing I've ever heard. I thought, this is not a prayer meeting. This is a stadium. And so I thought, how could I explain this to you? I mean, there was joy. There was, there was celebration. There was jubilation. There was, there, was, there, there was agony that was happening. And so I, I've got a video I wanted to show you from my experience there. I want you to listen at the kind of prayer that's happening. It's not, now I lay me down to sleep. No, 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 no. Listen, check this out. Hey, that's, that's pretty powerful to me, everybody. That sounds like some New Testament prayer that's happening right there. That's not just some sort of like, yeah, I hope, I hope God comes through for me. No, they're crying out. And do you know why they pray there? It's because, uh, it's because it's the closest they can get to the Holy of Holies. The temple was destroyed, and the Temple Mount is now under Muslim occupancy, and they can't go onto the Temple Mount. So the closest they can get is right there at that wall, and they pray, and they seek God. And I just thought, what if we did that? What if we were passionate like that, that we would show up and pray and seek the heart of God? And so Jesus said, when he turned over all those tables, he said, my father's house is supposed to be a house of prayer. And you've turned it into a den of robbers. So James, his half-brother, the half-brother of Jesus, same mom, different dad, 
He said, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So, so what we could do is we can conclude that if an effectual fervent prayer avails much, then a non-effectual, passionless, powerless prayer must not avail much. So, so he, James, the half-brother of Jesus, grew up with Jesus as saying, hey, we need to get passionate in our prayer life. We need to get passionate. We, we need to have effectual, fervent, passion-filled, zealous-filled prayers. So here, here's why. We, we need to learn to pray first, that prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. That's what we do when we pray. We, we do 21 days of prayer at the beginning of the year because we want to pray first, before the year, before everything happens in, this, in, in, in 2023. We're going to pray first, before we send the email, before we send the bid, before we you know, email that colleague, before we submit for the promotion. Whatever it is, we're going to pray first, not a last resort. Amen? Amen. All, right, all right, here we go. That's, so that's the first thing. We're going to be passionate. The, 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 my church, Jesus' church... A church the gates of hell can't prevail against is a church that is passionate for prayer. Here's the second thing is, is we need to have a passion for praise and worship. Passion for praise and worship. Now, that's kind of some modern terms, but we could just say passion for the presence of God. A passion for the presence of God. And we're passionate about that here at City Hope. From day one, we've just said we want to create an atmosphere of worship that changes lives. And I don't know if you know this, I was a worship leader for 17 years before we planted City Hope. And, uh, and so I, it's in my veins. I just love praise and worship. But um, I still consider myself to be the worship leader of City Hope Church. We, even though we have staff that handle all of that, I feel like I'm the worship leader. Because you're never going to look over here and see me thumbing through my phone and just kind of sitting down and looking at my notes. I, I didn't study enough last night. I need to catch up on what I'm supposed to be talking about today. I, it's, it's not going to be, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm worshiping. I'm always going to be leading the way. But even more than that, I'm, um, I'm involved in all of our worship meetings and creative arts meetings because I believe it's part of my responsibility is to set the culture of what worship is supposed to look like. Amen. Worship, it's in, in a New Testament worship, right? See, what we've been trying to do for the last four years is to show a, 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 a different kind of worship that maybe we're not all familiar with. Because here, here's what I know. A lot of us grew up in conservative churches. I did not. It was a Pentecostal church. It was, it was, it was wild. <laughs> That's how I grew up, but... And, and, and I, I love my heritage. I appreciate all, all of it, really. But, but um, like, there's, there's something about being expressive in worship, everybody. There's just something a, a, about it. And, and some of you may have grown up in a conservative, kind of non-exciting, quiet. You couldn't raise your hands if you wanted to. It wouldn't be acceptable. Like, you, yeah, don't, don't say amen, don't sing, don't respond. And, and that's fine, it's just not, again, it's not all that the Bible says. 
Because when you read the book of Psalms, it is chapter after chapter after chapter of lift your hands, clap your hands, dance before the Lord, shout out with a voice of triumph, play the harp and the lyre and the cymbals and, and, and to sing out before the Lord. When you read the book of Psalms, it is clap your hands, all you people, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. That's what the Psalm says, and it's expressive. Worship is love expressed God's way. And God has some very specific ways through the book of Psalms that he wants to be worshipped. And so that's why, we, that's why we clap here. That's why we sing songs like we sing here. That's why we have instruments. That's why, we, that's why there's, there's people who will, will whistle and jump and dance. It's, it's because we are passionate about praise and worship. Jesus said it this way, that we ought to love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Not just part, not just some, with all of it, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Well, it's just too loud, Brother Ben. It's, and be honest with you, that song's in the wrong key for most of us. I just can't sing it. It's too loud. It's too long. It, but here, listen. It's not about us. It's not about what we want. It's not about our, our preferences and our desires. We could go get a membership at, at a club for that. If we wanted something for us. But this, no, 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 this is, this is about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. This is about him. And so I, wanna, I want to triple dog dare some of you this year to move from toe tapping. to just kind of get a little. Maybe, 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 you, maybe, maybe you're just kind of used to standing hand over hand. A little toe tap. Maybe this year, maybe this year you want to go to start car carrying the wood. Car just <laughs> carrying the wood. Or maybe, maybe you want to go to touchdown. You know what I'm saying? Just go all the way up to touchdown. Just go for it and then give multiples of 10. Just all out, right? <laughs> give it all you got. Just worship. It's, it's expressive. It really is expressive. I, I, I'm kind of kidding, but I'm also saying, let's go for it this year, everybody. Let's, let's grow in our worship. Psalm says it this way, that we ought to praise the Lord, oh, my soul, all of my inmost being. Come on, I'm going to bless the Lord. I love King David. King David is one of, just an incredible guy in the scripture um, and one of my favorites. Well, King David, um, the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart but we also know that he blew it didn't he man king david he made some mistakes i think that's why i can identify with him because i have blown it and i can identify but why would god call him a man after his own heart i think it's because he was a passionate worshiper i think it's because david was passionate for the presence of god and so here, here's this story in the Bible where King Saul, he's currently the king, but he, he has fallen out of favor with God, and he dies in a battle. The Ark of the Covenant has been captured. The Ark of the Covenant represents the presence of God. The presence of God had been stolen away from Jerusalem, from Israel. They no longer had it. And so David, he becomes king, and he takes 30,000 men, and they go to get the ark of God, the presence of God, and they begin bringing it back. And the Bible says that they offered sacrifices after the first six steps. Some theologians believe that they offered sacrifices every six steps. 
for eight miles. And David is right there in the front of the processional. He's not in the back somewhere. He's not checking his phone. He's not checking, you know, he's, he's not scrolling social media. He's not seeing who the latest, greatest influencer is. No, no, he's at the front of the line and he's dancing and he's worshiping and he's praising God all in his whitey tidies. And he gets home and his wife, Michael, says, the daughter of Saul says, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today. You, you made a real good impression today, King David. Disrobing in the sight of the slave girls as any vulgar fellow would. You're just like all the other men, David. What are you trying to get attention for yourself? And he says, honey, it wasn't for you. He said, no, 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 no. It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your daddy. If I were him, I would have left that part out. But he said, he said, it was before the Lord who chose me. He didn't choose your dad. He chose me. It was before him that I was worshiping. It was before him that I was celebrating. And he says, if you don't like that, you haven't seen anything yet because I will celebrate before the Lord and I will become even more undignified than this. If you don't like that, something's wrong, right? So he, he says... He says, I'm become even more undignified in this. And you're, you're just going to have to deal with it, Michael. This is just, I'm, I am passionate about God. And to those who might say, well, Pastor Ben, it just really sounds like you're talking about emotionalism. This is just emotionalism is really all it is. You're just being emotional. And you're right. I am emotional about what God has done for me. Amen. I, ca I can't help it. I can't help but respond because I know where I was before he picked me out of the mud and the mire and the dirt and the filth. Come on, somebody. He forgave my sins. He took me out of the pit. He washed me clean. He plucked me out of hell. I have a new life in Christ. I'm just passionate for him. Can't help it. So, so somebody saves your life and you go, thank you. I don't want to get too emotional. Oh, no, 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 no. It wouldn't be like that at all. We know. We know. God created emotions, everybody. So, so what do we do? We give God what he deserves, not what we feel. So what he deserves is all of us. What he deserves is a sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice of praise is not praising him when we don't feel like it. A sacrifice of praise is praising him with the best, giving him what he deserves. Amen? Amen. I got to move. I got to move. All right, here we go. Number three, if we're going to, if, if we're, if we're going to be a church that the gates of hell can't prevail against, passion for prayer, passion for praise and worship. Number three, a passion for purity. But this is not, I'm not talking about sexual purity. I mean, this could be part of it, but I'm talking about a purity for the holiness of God. Like, the Word of God is the Word of God. It is real. It is our standard. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about learning to hate what is evil and love what is good. Not hate people. Not even hate evil people. I'm not talking about that. The world's had enough of that, by the way. The church has done really terrible in the last couple decades of hating people. No more. We're not doing that anymore. That's not the church that Jesus created. He says, hey, you, you, hate the, you hate the evil, but you love people, right? So we're not going to be a church that follows the world's standards. The, the church that Jesus created isn't a church that is, is trying to blend in with culture. 
And we're just trying to, just trying to fit in a little bit. No, 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 no. The church that Jesus died to create is a church that takes a stand and says, this is who we are. This is what we believe. And I want to look at, at Corinthians where Paul is addressing a group of people who have gone back to idolatry. Now, the Corinthian people in general, the, the Corinthian like secularism, the non-Christians, just the culture of the Corinthians was very vile and vulgar. They, they would, I mean, in, in their temple worship, they would, they would sleep with prostitutes. That was part of their worship. So it was a pretty vile and vulgar culture. But even in the church, Corinthians were beginning to fall away, and Paul says, whoa, 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 what are you doing? You can't be yoked together with unbelievers. What do righteousness and wickedness have in common? What fellowship can light have with darkness? And the answer is it can't. So he, he says this, skipping a couple verses, he says, therefore come out from them. Don't try to be like them. Come out from them and be separate. Be the kind of people that they go, man, those Christians are so loving, so kind, so gentle, so full of peace, so full of grace. Be the kind of people that, that everybody else in the world says, I don't know what they have, but I want it. Amen. Be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I'll, I'll receive you. I'll be a father to you. You'll be my sons and daughters. So here's what we do. We're not going to be an echo. We're going to be a voice. So we're going to be a voice. We're not trying to reflect culture. We're trying to create the culture. We're trying to set the culture around us, not reflect it. We're going to be a voice. We're going to stand up for what's true, what's godly, what's honorable. We're not going to be an echo in Jesus' name. And then the last thing is, is a passion for people. Number four is a passion for people. We've got to have a passion for people. Yes. And, and if we boil it down uh, to, to just, if we could remember that the church is not this building, we are the church. Amen. We are the church. And Jesus is coming back for a powerful, passionate church. Not a passionless church. He's not coming back for a weak bride. He's not coming back for a weak church that's just trying to, trying to get by. No, he's coming back for a church who took a stand, who was passionate, who was bold and courageous. I believe that's the kind of church he's coming back for. So we need to have a passion for people. See, the church is not for us. It's not even about us. We are the church, and we exist for people who aren't here yet. They haven't walked through the doors yet. That's why we're starting another service time. It's why we're creating more time in our services and between services so that we can reach more people. Amen? That's why. So, so God loves us, right? We know that. God loves us. But think about it differently for just a moment. We know God loves us, but did you know that God loves the world he loves he doesn't just love the world he so loves the world that he sent his son Jesus that whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish but would have everlasting life and that's why we need to have an attitude whatever God is passionate about we're going to be passionate about Whatever he's passionate for, whatever he considers the most important, we're going to consider the most important. And he loves people. So we're going to do anything we can, short of sin, to reach as many people as we can.
We're going to keep going. We're going to keep serving. We're going to keep loving. We're going to keep growing. We're going to keep discipling people year after year after year because God so loved the world. And, and Paul says it this way in Acts, that we've got to remember that my life is worth nothing unless I use my life to finish the work. So for the person who's a, a, a cashier at the supermarket, to the person who's a clerk at the courthouse, to the person who's a CEO or a business owner, listen to me. Your work is not checking out customers. Your work is not making money. Your work is to tell others the good news about Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. And he gives us opportunity. He gives us resources. If you're the cashier, to tell somebody the good news of Jesus Christ. If you're the CEO, to use your resources to further the kingdom of God. He gives you those resources. The assignment is to tell others about the good news of Jesus Christ. So here's what we have to remember is that a life not lived for others is not a life. It's not a life. A life not lived for others is not a life. What do you mean? If you're here today and you're discouraged, you're bored, you're anxious, you're hurting, it, it could be that you're looking too much at yourself. It's all about you. It's all about what you're dealing with, what you're going through. And if you would take your eyes off of you and put it on somebody else, I'm telling you, when you live your life for others, the more you'll find life for yourself. The more you live for others, the more you'll find life for yourself. Amen? Amen. So here we are at the beginning of the year, and we are in the middle of all of these resolutions that we have, things that we, we want to see, we want to do this year. And maybe, um, maybe you have a resolution and you're already struggling with it, right? It's already, it's already starting to fizzle. Maybe, um, let me say it this way, maybe your fire's going out. Maybe, maybe your passion is dwindling. Your fire is just not there anymore. You, you feel distant from, from God. You're not passionate about the things of God anymore. And, and if that's you today, I, I want to just say um, as lovingly as I, ca as I can that God doesn't say, well, that's okay. That's all right. No, he actually holds it against you. If you are living a passionless life far from God, like you, you, you've, you've drifted in your relationship with God, in Revelation 2, Jesus addresses a passionless church. And he says, I hold this against you, that you have forsaken your first love. You used to love me. You used to be on fire for me. You used to be passionate, but you've, you've fallen away. And he says, consider, I want you to think for a moment, church. Think how far you have fallen. Think about how you used to be passionate about reading your Bible. You used to be passionate about prayer. You used to be passionate about telling people about Jesus. You used to be passionate about praise and worship. You used to be passionate in your relationship with God. But consider how far you've fallen. And he doesn't kick you to the curb, but he says, hey, hey, just repent. Just come back. Come back and do your first works over. Return. He wants to fan into flame your, your life today. Would you bow your heads with me? Close your eyes. And, and, and I'm just going to get straight to the point. If that's you today.
you feel like your, your light is flickering. Your relationship with God's just a flicker. Maybe you're far from God today. Maybe you've never had a relationship with God. Maybe you've never had a, a burning relationship with Jesus. It's never been a flame. But today you want it. Today you feel something heavy on your chest. That is the that is the conviction of the Holy Spirit to just say, come on, come on, start a relationship with Jesus today. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, you've fallen away from Jesus, your passion has waned, your passion has fallen, your passion is, is, you're, is gone on the count of three. I want you to slip up your hand as boldly as you can. Come on, one, two, three. That's me, Ben. My passion's gone. Thank you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I see you over here. One, two, three. Anybody else say, that's me. I'm, I'm, I'm giving Jesus three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Anybody else? Top ten. My passion's gone. Eleven. Anyone else? That's, that's me. My passion's gone. I'm, I'm coming back to God today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm, pray, I'm proud of every one of you. All right. Lower your hands and let's say this prayer together. Everybody in the room today, say, Jesus, I'm coming back. I'm returning to you. I want to be close. Will you forgive me, cleanse me, wash me, make me brand new. I give you my life. I need you. Today, I receive you as my Savior. I will be passionate in my love for you. I will passionately serve you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's give Jesus the best praise we can today. Come on, let's thank God.